So today we will be talking about cultivating a functional relationship with the Holy Spirit. Cultivating a functional relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, when we talk about cultivating a functional relationship with the Holy Spirit, it means that uh, there are people who have a functional relationship with the Holy Spirit. Then there are those who do not have a relationship at all with the Holy Spirit. And then there are those who have a dysfunctional relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to begin by those who do not have any relationship at all with the Holy Spirit. And for those people, we can read a passage in Acts chapter 19. In Acts chapter 19, Let's read Acts 19, just from verse 1, and see what it says here. And the Bible says that, While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Then he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. These are people who don't have any relationship whatsoever with the Holy Spirit. They have no relationship. They said, we have not even heard that there is the Holy Spirit. And they were Christians. And so even in our time today, we have Christians who are in church. They have heard about the Holy Spirit, but they don't understand or they don't, they don't really have any kind of interest in who the Holy Spirit is. When we used to be religious people, we thought the Holy Spirit was for Pentecostals, people that, you know, want to speak in tongues. Those are the people that do Holy Spirit. We don't do Holy Spirit. We just believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. When we pray, or when we do baptisms, we mention those names. But when it comes to having an, an, an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, that is something for the extremist denominations. So there are people who do not have any relationship. Then there are those who have a dysfunctional relationship. Those are the kind of persons that are in today with the Holy Spirit. And then for a few weeks, they are connecting with the Holy Spirit. Then the rest months, nothing. They go off. Then they come back. They are in and out, in and out, in and out. Their relationship is dysfunctional. And then there are those who have a functional relationship what I call a walking, talking relationship with the Holy Spirit. They are able to hear Him. They are able to be led by Him. They are able to walk according to His dictates, according to His precepts and directions. They have a functional daily relationship with the Holy Spirit. That is the kind of relationship we want to cultivate as believers. As believers. So, we need to understand all these things as we go uh, into our teaching. But before then, I want to make some statements that will help us understand why we so much need to have this relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know that when Jesus Christ was on earth, he promised that he was going to heaven. And when he goes, according to his words, he said, he will send us another comforter. Another comforter. 
Let me just read John chapter 14 so that we, we see what the Jesus Christ said when he spoke about the Holy Spirit. Let's read John chapter 14 from verse 15. It says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. This is talking about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. Listen, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father. You are in me, and I am in you. Whoever keeps my command, whoever has my commands and keeps them, is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then you go to verse 26. It says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, remind you of everything I have said to you. He will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So we see clearly that Jesus promises his disciples that he is going. That when he goes, he will send them another comforter. Another comforter. The word another means the same like him, but not him. Someone like him, but not him. So it is safe to say biblically that Jesus is not here on earth. The person that is here with us now is the Holy Spirit. But the reason why we pray in the name of Jesus, because Jesus is the bridge between man and God. He is the mediator between man and God. He paid the price to create a link between us and God. He was the mediator of the reconciliation between man and God. That is what we pray in the name of Jesus. The Bible clearly says, Now Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for the saints. The person who is here with us now is the Holy Spirit. So a Christian who does not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit is disconnected from God. A Christian who is not connected to the Holy Spirit is not connected to God because the person that Jesus Christ promised that will come after him to teach us, to guide us, to remind us of the things that he has said was the Holy Spirit. So if we ignore the person of the Holy Spirit, we are simply saying, Jesus, we are not interested in anything you said. We don't want to remember anything you said. We don't want to walk according to anything you said. Because that is only made possible through the Holy Spirit. So we should understand that the Holy Spirit is not here. Like I said, I mean, Jesus is not here. It is the Holy Spirit that is here. If you understand the Trinity, how the Trinity functions, now God the Father had an agenda to rescue man from sin. In the course of executing that agenda, he manifested himself in human form. In other words, he wore flesh and came on earth through the womb of Mary and was born and lived in the person of Jesus Christ. When he returned to heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit. 
So God is present everywhere by means of the Holy Spirit. When we say God is present everywhere, that is why when Jesus Christ was on earth, he was only in the Israel. Jesus did not visit Cameroon. Jesus did not visit Syria alone. He was not in Ghana. He never touched any of those places. He was only in Israel. But after he left through the Holy Spirit now, he is everywhere. God is everywhere through the Holy Spirit. So if a church or a Christian doesn't acknowledge the ministry and the presence of the Holy Spirit, it's almost like saying, I don't need God in my life. I don't need God in my life. So the Holy Spirit is almost like a, when you have a phone. That phone has a SIM card. And that SIM card connects you to your network company. It is through the SIM card that you're able to make calls. You're able to connect with outside, with outside world through your phone. So if you say, I like my network company, whether it's Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, whatever, Vodafone, whatever network you're using, if you say, I like my network company, I like the services that provide, but I don't like this SIM card, you will never connect to that network company, regardless of your love for that company. So if a Christian says, I love heaven, I love the kingdom of God, but I'm not interested in the Holy Spirit, you will never be connected to heaven or the kingdom of heaven or the affairs of, of God because you are disconnected from God. The only means that we should connect to, with God and walk according to God's ways is through the Holy Spirit. So when you wake up in the morning, the person you are supposed to call to help you, to guide you, if you are going for an interview, the person you are supposed to call to guide you is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. But it's very sad that the 21st century church has neglected the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is treated like is a force. The Jehovah's Witness describe him as God's active force, like electricity, the electrical energy that shocks you or that produces light or produces power that we use. But the Holy Spirit is not a force. When the Holy Spirit comes as a person, his presence generates a force. His presence generates power. But he is not power. He is not a force. He is a person. He is a person. And so to understand the Holy Spirit more, we have to understand the deity of the Holy Spirit. The deity of the Holy Spirit. Understand first of all, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. So the first thing we know is that he is called God. He is called God. In Acts chapter 5, verse 3 to 4, when Ananias and Sapphira saw the piece of land they were supposed to give to the church and kept the money for themselves, when Peter confronted them, the Bible says, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the piece of the land, the price of the land, while it remained? Was it not your own after it was so? Was it not in your power? Why did you conceive this thing in your heart? He said, you have not lied to men, but you have lied to God. You have not lied to men, but you have lied to God. So you see, the first time he said you lied to the Holy Ghost, and then he says you have lied to God. So the Holy Spirit, clearly, according to this context, is God. Number two, or B, the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. It's omnipresent. He's everywhere. 
The psalmist writing in Psalms 139 verse 7 says, Whether I go, where, where shall I go from the Spirit? Or where shall I flee from thy presence? Because it's everywhere. If I go to the east, he's there. If I go to the west, he's there. If I go to south, north, he's there. He says, where can I flee from the Holy Spirit? And then you see in First Corinthians twelve thirteen, it says, For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So you see it's amazing that one person is filled with the spirit of God in America, another person is filled with that same spirit in South Korea, another person is filled with that same spirit in Uganda. Because the Holy Spirit is everywhere. It's omnipresent. See, the Holy Spirit is omniscient. Omniscient. What does that mean? He knows everything. He knows everything. In First Corinthians 2, 10 and 11, it says, that God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of God except the spirit which is in him. Even the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So the spirit of God knows everything. And we know only God has the ability to know everything. So the Holy Spirit is God. The, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. The Holy Spirit is omnipotent. What does that mean? He's all-powerful. He's all-powerful. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, verse 35 to 37, the angel of the Lord answered and said unto her, talking to Mary, I mean, talking to, yeah, to Mary, he said, the holy thing, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the high shall overshadow you. Therefore, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also has conceived in her old age. And this is the sixth month, sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. So we see here, according to the scripture, that nothing is impossible with the Holy Spirit. He makes everything possible. He makes everything possible. We read in Romans chapter 11, verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised Jesus from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. So we see it was Jesus, it was the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It was the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So He's all-powerful. It's all-powerful. And then we see again e, that the Holy Spirit was part of creation. The Holy Spirit was part of creation. When God said, let there be light, according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. It was the Holy Spirit that was responsible for executing 
the things that God pro- pronounced. When God said, let it be light, the Holy Spirit made that proclamation to manifest. He took part in creation. F, we see that the Holy Spirit works miracles. He works miracles. In Matthew 12, 28, it says that if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. This is Jesus saying, I cast out demons, devils, by the Spirit of God. So even Jesus, as a human being, needed the Holy Spirit. He needed the power of the Holy Spirit to perform all the miracles that we read about in the, in the, in the Scriptures. So if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, who are we not to need the Holy Spirit? And lastly, the Holy Spirit is equal with the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is equal with the Father and the Son. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightening upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So you see the Spirit descended upon Jesus Christ and a voice from heaven. The Father spoke, the Holy Spirit descended. They all, you see the Trinity at work, the Father spoke, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus, the Father, Son, and the Spirit, all in the same scene. And lastly, in Matthew 28, when Jesus Christ spoke to the disciples about the Great Commission, in Matthew 28, 19, 20, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is not left out because it's equal with the Father and the Son. They're all equal. They're all equal. So we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not some force. It's not some power. It's not some energy that we deploy when we are in trouble. The Holy Spirit is a person. And I cannot overemphasize that the person that is with us today is the Holy Spirit, not Jesus. Is the Holy Spirit. We pray in the name of Jesus. But the person that God has given to us, the person who lives with us now, is the Holy Spirit. So if you don't cultivate a functional relationship with the Holy Spirit, you'll be a religious Christian. This is why we have Christians who are in church, but they don't experience the supernatural. They don't experience the power of God. They don't experience the signs and the wonders that Jesus Christ promised us as believers. They do not. Because the Holy Spirit is very far from their understanding. But we have to come to that place where we understand that the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is here with us and God has assigned him to us to help us walk with him. And then the second thing we need to understand after we understand that the, the, the Holy Spirit is God we need to understand the personality of the Holy Spirit. The personality of the Holy Spirit. Because without understanding the personality of the Holy Spirit, 
many believers suggesting the Holy Spirit is just some air wind or some energy that when we are in trouble, we can say, Holy Spirit, you know, go do this for me. I've even heard Christians or pastors or preachers who send the Holy Spirit. Who send the Holy Spirit. I'm always very concerned when I hear a preacher praying and say, Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. You're telling God to move. A mortal man telling God to move. It's right to say, let the power of God move. You know, let the power of God move. We are commanding God's power. Let the sword of the Lord move. Let the thunder of God move. You can command any element, any weapon that God has given us as Christians to move, but not the Holy Spirit. You cannot command God. Who are you to command God? But this is the lack of understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit. Because when we don't understand that the Holy Spirit is a person, we think it's a force that God has given to us that we can command at our disposal. So like I said, the first thing is that we know the Holy Spirit is God. The second thing now is that the Holy Spirit is a person because he has a personality. And how do we know he's a person? Number one, we see that he has a will. The Holy Spirit has a will. In 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it says, But all this worketh that one and the same Holy Spirit, dividing to every man as he wills, according to his wills. It is simply saying that the Holy Spirit distributes gifts to us as believers according to how he wills. So the Holy Spirit has a will. He has a will. Just like you can decide to do something today and not do it, you can change your mind. The Holy Spirit also has a will. So we see that the Holy Spirit has a mind too. He has a will, he has a mind. So in Romans 8, 27, it says, He that searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The mind of the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about mind, we see that he can, the Holy Spirit thinks. He thinks about stuff. He thinks. And then number three, the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. Like often times, when, when some of us say, and I was trying to, as I was going to that place, something told me. Many of us refer to the Holy Spirit as that something. It's when we have not known the person of the Holy Spirit that we refer to him as something. I was about to take that taxi. I was about to enter that car. I was about to board that plane. And something told me not to. When you understand who the Holy Spirit is, that is a person, your vocabulary of that something will change. You say, the Holy Spirit told me. Or God told me. He speaks. In Acts chapter 8, verse 29, the Bible said, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join the effect to the chariot. Philip was an effective evangelist because he was able to hear from the Holy Spirit. He was able to hear from the Holy Spirit. How effective would we be if we were able to hear from the Holy Spirit? Imagine you go to a store after walking through the arms, you hear the Holy Spirit saying to you, preach to this person because they are willing to give their life to Christ. They are looking for a way to be saved. But sometimes we are not able to go to the right people because we don't hear the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks. In Acts chapter 10, 
verse 19 and 20. The Bible says, While Peter taught on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Peter is upstairs meditating on a vision that he just had. And the Holy Spirit said to him, Three people are looking for you. Just like somebody will come and inform and say, and inform and say Daddy or Mommy, there is someone at the door looking for you. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit told Peter. So sometimes we fall into trouble because the Holy Spirit is warning us and we will not listen. We will not listen. And then number four or D is that the Holy Spirit forbids. The Holy Spirit forbids. In Acts 16, verse 6 to 7, it says, Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galicia and were forbidden of the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they assayed to go into Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit suffered them not. So we see that the Apostle Paul was trying to go into Asia one time to preach the gospel. The Bible says the Holy Spirit resisted him or forbade him from going into that region to preach the gospel. So the Holy Spirit forbids. He forbids. There are things you may want to do. He will tell you, don't do it. Don't go to that place. Don't buy that house. Don't take that job. But oftentimes, we do not hear because we think it's our, it's our thoughts. Sometimes we say, I just have a bad feeling about that house. I just have a bad feeling about a car. Because we cannot put our finger to know that this is the Holy Spirit speaking to me, forbidding me from entering this purchase. You're about to enter a business deal. You've gone maybe to the dealership or you're about to buy something and suddenly you just feel restless. But since it looks so good, you, 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 are, you are signing, you're signing, you're signing. It's after you sign, you realize that that was the greatest scam. And then, but then after you remember, when I was signing, I was feeling this resistance. I was restless because you did not know the Holy Spirit. You did not know the Holy Spirit. Number five or E is that the Holy Spirit grieves. He grieves. The Bible says in Acts, in Ephesians 4, 30, it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you were sealed for the day of redemption. Grieve, don't, do not make the Holy Spirit angry. Do not offend him. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Because he gets grief. He can be sad. He can be grieved. That's why sometimes you may commit a sin as a Christian. And you realize that for some time, you feel, you feel empty. You feel lonely. You feel neglected and abandoned. Because the Holy Spirit is grieved. It's almost like when you have a, you, you've offended a friend and then a friend is shut down. They won't talk to you. They are grieved. They are offended by what you've done. You need to apologize. Fix that relationship before things are moved back on as normal. And lastly, the Holy Spirit prays. The Holy Spirit prays. In First Corinthians 8, 26 and 27, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our infirmity. For when we know not what we should pray as we ought, 
but the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be expressed, that cannot be altered. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be altered. And then lastly, we see that he teaches Christians. He teaches Christians. In John 14, verse 26, it says, But the Comforter, which the Holy Ghost, who is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, bring all things to you. If we as Christians understood the potential of having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to learn everything. Sometimes we engage ourselves in classes, in certifications, in programs, and we have difficulties understanding what is being taught because we don't have a connection with the Holy Spirit. Because that thing you're struggling to understand, if you had an intimacy with the Holy Spirit, He will explain it to you. It should become so simple that others will be asking you, how do you, how do you understand these things so fast? It may be complex. It may be mystery to others. But the Holy Spirit will demystify it to you and make you understand it. But because we don't have that connection with the Holy Spirit, we are just as confused as unbelievers. Sometimes it's even a shame that we are taking classes and it is unbelievers that are helping to explain things to us. So our own Holy Spirit is just to speak in tongues, you know, roll in the church and fall down. That's the, that's the, that's the Holy Spirit we have. The tongue-speaking Holy Spirit. But then we are seeing that to have a functional relationship with the Holy Spirit is not even about church. It's about how you live your day-to-day -day life. How you live your day-to-day -day life. Can you imagine if your, the CEO of your company was about to travel? He's about to take a flight to somewhere, maybe in his private jet or maybe the public trans transportation jet or a plane. And then you came to him and said, the Holy Spirit is telling me that you should cancel this trip because something bad will happen. And then he cancels the trip. And then he hears over the news that the plane that he was supposed to bore was that plane crashed and everybody died. Do you think that your manager or CEO ever take you lightly? This is why people like Joseph were able to rise from the dungeon and became prime minister because they knew how to interface with the Holy Spirit. When Joseph went before Pharaoh and Pharaoh told Joseph his dream, Joseph said, no man can interpret his dream except, except God gives him the ability. And then he asked God. And right there he downloaded the interpretation and gave, him to, gave it to Pharaoh. And that is how he secured his place as a prime minister. The same thing with Daniel. The reason why we are not able to influence our generation, we are not able to win the world over and dominate and walk in dominion is because we, we don't have a functional relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible clearly tells us that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. He will show us things to come. He will remind us. He will reveal things to us. But how is it that things take us by surprise? I shared this testimony one, one, uh, some weeks ago about a brother from Nigeria who traveled to one of these um, Middle Eastern countries. While they were in the hotel, in the, in the building where they were living, it, it was a skyscraper, a very tall building. 
in the middle of the night like 1 a.m he heard a voice from the holy spirit saying get up take your family and you all leave this building now he left the building in pajamas and the holy spirit said take your passport and go out of the building without any hesitation he got up in his pajamas took his wife and two kids they all went to the elevator went down to the building and then got out of the building and they stood afar looking what is going on and the wife is like what is happening he said the holy spirit said we should leave as they were standing there looking that building collapsed as they were watching it collapsed to the ground everybody died because they were sleeping but the man who was able to hear the holy spirit saved his family saved his children and his wife imagine if he was not able to hear he the wife and the kids would have died how many believers have entered into wrong relationships how many believers have died wrongful death premature death because of the inability to hear the holy spirit most of the casualties that we suffer as believers is because we do not have a functional relationship with the holy spirit we do not like i said our holy spirit is to speak in tongues in church after we leave church we are ordinary people we suffer like unbelievers we cry like unbelievers we are confused like them we are ignorant like them everything takes us by surprise like them when you begin to have that functional relationship with the holy spirit there are things that will happen that before they happen god will already tell you what to do they're about to give you a promotion at your job and the holy spirit tell you don't take the promotion do not take it instead take this other job which is even lesser in pain than the one that you are refusing that is asking you to refuse and if you explain that to someone it doesn't make sense how can you say god is telling you not to take a, a job that will pay you more but you take the one that pays less the man who listens will take the less one but the man who doesn't listen will take the one that pays more guess what after you take that position one month after the company is filing bankruptcy everyone is laid off now you are home with that pay for three months four months looking for a job meanwhile you could have taken the one that paid you five thousand dollars less with long-term benefits the inability to hear the holy spirit so if we are going to cultivate a functional relationship with the holy spirit we must understand like i said number one that the holy spirit is god and i give you all the proofs from scripture to show his god number two he's a person he's a person he's not some force he's not some energy he's a person he's a person so when we understand this it will help us we have a very comprehensive teaching on the holy spirit it's in three parts i thought comprehensively about it you go to our teachings on our on our website nobreakcc.org you're going to have it see at the bible study teaching on the holy spirit or go to our podcast on itunes or spotify on whatever platform that you use for your for your for your podcast you can search nobre christian church and find our teaching on the holy spirit and get a comprehensive understanding of all that you need to know about the holy spirit but today i just want to emphasize the need for us as believers to have a functional relationship with the holy spirit 
If you read the scriptures, no man in scripture who was extraordinary made it without the Holy Spirit. No man. There were men who heard from the Holy Spirit, who were led by the Holy Spirit. Looked like Samson. The Bible says he, was, he had the spirit of mind. From time to time, the Holy Spirit will move him and he will do great things. I was just discussing with my wife the other day about how it was possible that Samson used the jawbone of a donkey to kill 1,000 men in a fierce battle. How was Samson able to tear the mouth of a lion? Samson caught 300 foxes, tied their tails in, in pairs, and released them into the farm of the Philistines. How was that possible? Because of the Holy Spirit. But we have that same Holy Spirit, and yet there is no evidence. The only evidence we have is to speak in tongues. That's all we have. But the Holy Spirit came to do more than just helping us speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit came to decorate our lives to make us effective and efficient here on the earth. To give God the glory that he deserves. Like he said, he will teach us. He will guide us. He will teach us and he will guide us. So if the Holy Spirit can do all this for us, why, as we, why are we as Christians still looking so miserable? Like I said in John 14, 26, he said, but the advocate, the first thing we see is that he's the advocate. So when we are in trouble, the person we need to call is the Holy Spirit. That is what Jesus Christ said to them. When you face trouble, don't worry about what you're going to say. He said the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. He is the advocate. He is the advocate. Then the second he says, he will teach you all things, which I, I spoke about, teach you all things that he has said, and then remind you of everything. So sometimes we are writing exams, we go into the examination hall, we forget everything. We certainly forget everything because we do not have a functional relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I want us brothers and sisters from today to become conscious of the Holy Spirit, to understand that He's God. He's the one with us now. Like I said, Jesus is not here with us. It is the Holy Spirit that is here. The Holy Spirit that is here. We should understand that He's here with us. He's willing to teach us, to guide us, to lead us, to remind us. Imagine how life will be if we could fully embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's guiding us. He's teaching us. He's reminding us. How can we fail exams? We read and we forget. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit will remind us. How can we make wrong decisions when the Holy Spirit is guiding us? This is because we do not have a functional relationship with the Holy Spirit. But I believe after today, God will help us to have that functional relationship with the Holy Spirit, to understand that He's God and that He's a person. Father, we give you praise. We thank you, Adonai. We ask that you grant us grace, my Father. Grant us the grace to have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we have ignored you in time past. We call you things. We call you something. We call you power. 
We've given you all kinds of false identities. But today we confess and we say, forgive us, Father. We know you are God. We know you are a person. And therefore, Holy Spirit, take your place in our lives and help us to have a functional relationship with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.